Welcome to Exhibition, an Xbox podcast, episode number 80. My name is Samuel Adams, and this has been a massive week in the world of games, with the Callisto Protocol and Marvel's Midnight Suns both out now. We'll be digging into the review roundups for both of those games, and especially talking about the Callisto Protocol, because it got a... Uh, Shocking reaction from critics, to say the very least. We also have another big departure from 343. A Halo veteran is leaving the studio once again to pursue other opportunities. And we'll talk about some controversial cosmetics that were in that game this week as well. We also have a crossover event coming to Assassin's Creed Valhalla and Destiny 2 and vice versa to discuss along with a new ID at Xbox winter event coming up so you can get your hands on some new games. That's just the beginning, so without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into it. Reviews are in for the Callisto Protocol, and this one was a bit of a shocker. Of course, this has been very high on my personal most anticipated games list, but a lot of people have been looking forward to this one all year long. And when the reviews dropped at midnight on launch day, you saw everything across the board. We had 5 out of 10, we had 10 out of 10. Let's go ahead and check out GameSpot.com's review roundup, where they have all of the biggest ratings with themselves. GameSpot giving it a 5 out of 5. Game Reactor giving it a 9 out of 10. Dextero gives it a 5 out of 5, while IGN gives it a 7 out of 10, and VGC landed at a 3 out of 5. Of course, that's just a handful of the biggest outlets, but even from that small sample size, you can see that you have everything from a mediocre all the way up to one of the best games of the year. So this one seems very, very subjective. But as I read through these reviews, a couple of bullet points stand out. Number one, the game is poorly optimized on PC, and I have heard that it doesn't run well on Xbox either. Now, this is one that after reviews landed, I'm going to be waiting for. I'm going to be playing this one probably around Christmas uh, if I get the chance to do so. And so with that in mind, having known that I have not put hands on it, I have heard that it runs poorly on Xbox. I've heard that it runs poorly on PC, but it runs pretty well on PlayStation 5. So if you're a PlayStation 5 player, you seem to be getting the best experience at launch for this one. Patches are coming, no doubt, so optimizations are going to come, performance is going to improve. I have no doubt that will get better over time, but taking a step back once again, we shouldn't have to wait for the performance stuff. I think that we as players are getting very used to games launching and not being at the state that they should be, and then we come to terms with the fact that in six months, the game will actually be out. You'll revisit it then. Uh, that's what a ton of people are doing with Battlefield 2042 right now, which is a game I'll talk about more in a couple of minutes. But the Callisto Protocol is hitting marks across the board. Performance is one of the bullet points in those reviews. Another is that there's a lack of innovation. It doesn't seem to be pushing itself beyond the original inspiration from Dead Space, because when Dead Space launched back in 2008, it was revolutionary for the time, and for good reason. It looked visually stunning for the period, and on top of that, gameplay-wise, it was a great survival horror game. Uh, I guess you couldn't really call it a survival horror game, but a horror game nonetheless. Uh, people really enjoyed it, and it pushed the medium of gaming forward. 
The Callisto Protocol, from what reviewers are saying, doesn't go beyond what the original Dead Space was trying to do. One comment that I saw said that after the main campaign is completed, there really isn't anything else you can do right now. A new Game Plus mode is coming in the future, which is all well and good, uh, which is something that the original Dead Space also gave players the option to participate in, but those are two additional points in these reviews. And so, what I'm getting from this, and again, haven't put hands on the game, but I think that the player's expectations have changed over time. Now, is performance a foundational part of every game? Absolutely, and it should be there. That is inexcusable. If you're playing on PC, I'm sorry. Once again, the game is sitting at a mostly negative on Steam at the time of this recording, so keep that in mind if you are a PC player. So performance should be foundational. But as far as the game experience goes, as far as the amount of content in the game, this is clearly a game that was inspired by Dead Space, created by one of the original creators of Dead Space. And so I think we are getting a game that is very much so 2008 in the way that it's presented here. I think that it is capturing that time period pretty well and that it is a linear campaign. You dive in, you rip up some mutant-looking alien human people, and you have a good time with it. I think that's kind of what Dead Space is and was and what the Callisto Protocol is trying to be. So now the conversation shifts to the Callisto Protocol out now, Dead Space Remake out in January. If you're forced to pick up one of these games, which one do you go with? Immediately, just for nostalgia's sake, a ton of people are going to be looking to Dead Space Remake versus the Callisto Protocol. And of course, these are very different games in terms of uh, the narrative they're telling, different characters. So there is something new, but Again, there's such a huge affinity for Dead Space. I think that the proximity of these two games uh, might mean that the remake actually ends up cannibalizing the Callisto Protocol, especially after the reception that it's gotten, which is super unfortunate. So I'm looking forward to going hands-on with this one in a couple of weeks myself. Right now, my backlog is packed, and of course, the busy holiday season is not exactly lending itself to playing a ton of games at the time. I've been streaming some Halo over on TikTok and just diving into multiplayer shooters where I can, uh, and of course, a little bit of Vampire Survivors, but I'm very much so looking forward to checking this one out for myself, and I think that's my biggest recommendation here, is if you see these reviews and they kind of turn you off from playing the Callisto Protocol... By all means, take some time, wait for a sale, and dive in when you feel like it is the value that you want. Because no one's forcing anyone to play this game on day one. I think that's a misunderstanding that a lot of people have, or a feeling that a lot of people have in today's gaming space, where just because everybody on Twitter is talking about it, I have to go out and get it. You can play that game, but at the end of the day... That's a really expensive game to play, and you're probably not going to like everything that you play. So for me, this could be a really good sale game. Uh, It could be a really good game that I get for a Christmas gift. Who knows what could come of it? Uh, But it has convinced me to kind of hold off, pump the brakes a bit, and uh, see how other players react to it. Now, I've had some personal friends that have said it's great, uh, and right now I'm playing through Gotham Knights. I think it's a pretty good game. I don't think it's as bad as people thought, but I also waited for a sale, so I didn't pay full price. Um... Just my two cents there, but the review roundup for the Callisto Protocol is very, very mixed. Marvel's Midnight Suns is another game that took everybody by surprise this week, or at least it took me by surprise, because I expected this game to land at like a 6 or a 7 out of 10 on a good day. I definitely didn't have high hopes for it, and of course, I am not a big turn-based tactical guy, uh, but when the reviews landed, I think a lot of other people had the same reaction, going from, oh, another Marvel game, we'll see how this collab does, to... 
This is getting added to the wish list, potentially a day one pickup, because GameSpot gives it an 8 out of 10, PC Gamer gives it an 88 out of 100, IGN gives it an 8 out of 10, Games Radar with a 4 out of 5. The reaction to this one has been very, very positive, and people going hands-on with it on Twitch have the same exact reaction. Uh, it is XCOM set in the Marvel Universe, and it is done very, very well. And Marvel's been on a huge win streak when it comes to games. Of course, the first ones that come to mind are are Spider-Man and Spider-Man Miles Morales over on PlayStation. We also have the Wolverine game that's coming from Insomniac as well. And then you have the Avengers game that has sort of had a bit of a comeback. It's got a very uh, cult community that continues to follow it and play more of it. But Marvel Snap. I mean, that's one of this year's biggest hits in the mobile space. So they are continuing to innovate across the board with the big story-based stuff on the PlayStation side, with the live service game on the Avengers side, and with these mobile games. And now uh, you see this collaboration with the XCOM devs to create something that's never really been done before in the Marvel space. And I would be remiss to not mention Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, which is still locked on the Nintendo Switch as a console exclusive. Big bummer there. But Marvel's entering a really nice spot in the gaming industry, and I think using these IP in various ways and giving a lot of developers creative freedom to do what they want uh, and to build the experience that they want to have is something that is paying off in the long run. So I will not be picking this one up soon. This is more of like a summer sale for me next year whenever I've worked through the backlog, knock on wood, hopefully uh, enough to actually warrant buying some new games. This is one that I'll definitely pick up just because XCOM is something that I have to be in the mood for, but I do love it and respect it. So I did not expect the December season to have a world where the Callisto Protocol is getting a 5 out of 10 and Marvel's Midnight Suns is getting a 10 out of 10 from some outlets. Uh, But I digress. That's the world we're living in. And I would love to know what you think down below about these two games. Are you picking them up? Have you played them? Do you plan on picking them up? And have the reviews changed your opinion of either of these games? Uh, Just some really interesting conversations to be had on both of these. The team at 343 has had a lot of departures in 2022, and the list keeps growing. This time, Tom French, the Halo multiplayer creative director, is leaving the studio. He broke the news over on Twitter where he writes, After over 11 and a half years on Halo, I step out of my Spartan armor for the last time today to head off to new adventures. It's been a massive honor to have been a part of a game I loved so much as a player and admired so much as a developer. I couldn't be more proud of my time at 343. Of course, as you would expect, love started pouring out for Tom French. Joseph Statton said, once a Spartan, always a Spartan. Thanks for all you've done for Halo, Tom. Can't wait to see what you do next. You have the Forge lead designer writing, it's been such a pleasure collaborating with you on both Halo Infinite multiplayer and Forge. A career highlight for sure. I'm going to miss so many things about that. Thank you for everything you've done. And again, the reactions kept pouring out. Tom French, if you don't know him, he's the guy with the mohawk and the beard in the Halo videos. You probably know him now that I've mentioned that. Uh, But he's been influential. He joined the company back in 2010. Uh, In 2011, he moved over to 343 as a senior mission designer, according to PureXbox.com. And then he became Halo multiplayer creative director in 2016. So he has definitely led a lot of development on this latest generation of Halo. And my question is, what happens next? You know, where is Tom going? Uh, I'm sure that he'll do something great in the gaming industry or potentially not. You know, a lot of people meander out of that realm after a couple of years in there. But time will tell. And the biggest point that I want to make with it is that 
everybody has career paths that they take and different forks in the road that they choose. And just because a creative director is leaving a studio does not mean that there is some kind of internal turmoil or some kind of tumultuous development uh, that is impacting the games themselves. I think that after the development of Halo Infinite, and potentially, just from an outsider's perspective, assessing the situation, uh, how tumultuous it was, how difficult that development was, and the reaction to the launch, and the long-term reaction to the state of the game, I get why people might want to step away. I get why people might want to look at new opportunities. And so not saying that's exactly why Tom French is leaving, or anybody has left this year. Like, we saw Bonnie Ross stepping down for personal family medical issues. Totally valid. Everybody has a right to leave whatever job they've got. Um, But, I'm looking forward to, again, 343 continuing to iterate, continuing to build out a new team for the next generation of Halo, and put something together that listens to fan feedback, but also paves a way for what's next. I think Halo Infinite is kind of a transitional game, if you will, between Halo 4 and Halo 5 and what's coming next. Because we had, story-wise, the didact in Halo 5 that was killed off in the comics, then we have Halo Infinite kind of resetting the board, and then we have whatever is coming. I think there's a lot of potential in a blank space, and I think that's kind of uh, what gets me excited for the next 10 years of Halo. Will they stick with Infinite long term? Will they continue to iterate on it? Will they move it to Unreal Engine? Time will tell, my friends. Time will tell. But Tom French is not going to be a part of that, at least not right now. You never know who who, uh, could come back. I mean, we have Joe Statton back on the team, so anything is possible. But speaking of Halo Infinite, I did want to discuss this latest round of cosmetics that hit the store this week, and that is the Frostbite Effects set. Now, I made a YouTube short on this, a TikTok on this earlier in the week to kind of share my grievances with this approach. So if you haven't checked out the store, currently there is a Frostbite Effects set in there for 1,800 credits. Now, with that, uh, you get four different effects that can be used on different pieces of your armor. You have a kill effect, you have two epic armor effects, and then you have uh, the mythic effects set, which is where you can run, and there's a little trail behind you, and when you use the repulsor, a big piece of ice pops out, and you're seeing videos of that right now. Uh, But all of this together, once again, is 1,800 credits, and two of these cannot be used at the same time. There are two different epic armor effects that you cannot equip simultaneously. So we're talking about 1,800 credits, $18. You effectively have to spend $18 to get this little bundle of stuff. That's nearly the cost of two battle passes, two seasons of content that I can unlock and play through to earn in the game. We've got to do better than that. We've got to get these prices down to at least something that's a little bit reasonable because I feel like if this was priced at Eight to ten dollars, day one purchase, no problem, because these are some of the coolest, no pun intended, cosmetics of the season that I have seen so far. I would love to buy these, but for eighteen dollars, just not going to swing that bad. I I just can't. I can't. I can't spend eighteen dollars on that. Uh, so once again. If you want to support a game that you spend a ton of time playing, whether it's $18, $20, $10, $500, you have every right to do that. Go for it. I love supporting the developers and the future development of games. But 
I also think there's a valid discussion to be had about pricing and fairness when it comes to these microtransactions. So I would love to know what you think. Uh, And this is coming from someone who just bought the Season 3 Battle Pass for Battlefield 2042, a game that is not in the public eye, a game that has not been received well. Uh, But it's something that I continue to play. It's something that I really enjoy and have been enjoying. And so I wanted to throw 10 bones at it. I get a ton of cosmetics that are very, very cool and well-designed. And the devs keep doing their thing and start building the future of Battlefield. So a lot of people would do the exact same thing for Halo. uh, But for 18 to 20 bucks with tax, just that's 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 tough to swing that. Now, to wrap up today's show, we have three stories to touch on. First and foremost, the ID at Xbox Winter Game Demo event is coming on December the 6th and running all the way through December the 12th. This is one of those events that we see around the Summer Game Fest season where you can play in-progress builds of smaller games that are coming out. Some AA mixed in there, but typically these are indie-focused as everything at ID at Xbox is. And so a couple of things to keep in mind. Number one, these demos are only going to be up for a limited time. Some will come back for a longer period, but the majority are only going to be up for a couple of days. Again, December the 6th through the 12th. The devs would love to hear what you think, so leave some feedback. And of course, there will be bugs because these are in-progress builds of games and not a vertical slice of a finished product like we typically see with some of the old-school demos that we get from time to time. The entire list of games participating is going to be revealed in a couple of days. They've got roughly about 20 in the lineup, but four they have teased out are Inculinati, Rhythm Sprout, Thirsty Suitors, and Ten Hearts, just to name a few. So, again, good way to check out some smaller games. So dive in December the 6th over on the Xbox Marketplace to check them all out for yourself. But if you don't want any of those games, Game Pass has you covered because there are more games coming through the month of December, including another release of Metal Hellsinger. Very nice to see. So, what is available now? You've got Eastward, The Walking Dead, The Final Season, and Totally Reliable Delivery Service. Now, Eastward and The Walking Dead are out on cloud console and PC. I should say The Walking Dead, The Final Season, just to clarify. Uh, But those are all out on cloud console and PC with Totally Reliable Delivery Service only available on PC. Coming soon, on December the 6th, we have LEGO Star Wars The Skywalker Saga on cloud console and PC alongside Hello Neighbor 2. Then on December the 8th, we get Chained Echoes on cloud console and PC and Metal Hellsinger dropping on the Xbox One. One of my favorite little indies of this year. I love metal music and I love a Doom-style first-person shooter. And Metal Hellsinger did a pretty good job of bringing those two together. Then, December the 13th, we have High on Life finally coming on day one with Game Pass to cloud console and PC, alongside Potion Craft on console and PC. And on the 15th, we have Rainbow Billy, The Curse of the Leviathan, dropping on cloud console and PC, which sounds kind of interesting. A 2.5D action puzzle platformer, or adventure puzzle platformer, I should say, with over 30 hours of gameplay. That sounds a little bit too long, but. A good lineup of games coming for the rest of December, and who knows, there could be some surprise drops along the way. Uh, With the Game Awards coming up this week, and with an entire holiday season, it would not be too shocking to see another round of games announced just in time for the holidays. That's typically how it goes. If you missed it, last week we talked that Battlefield 2042 is officially on Game Pass right now through Ultimate with EA Play. So if you haven't had the chance, dive in. I'm having a blast with it, uh, playing it more than Modern Warfare 2. So... Just saying, just saying, we're having fun over here. And of course, the early trial, the 10-hour sample, if you will, of Need for Speed Unbound is out now too, so you can download that and play for 10 hours to see if you enjoy the game before picking it up. Again, one of the great perks of EA Play and Game Pass Ultimate. 
Leaving on December the 15th, we do have Aliens Fireteam Elite, Dragon Quest XI, Firewatch, Lake, One Piece Pirate Warriors 4, Neoverse, Race with Ryan, Breath Edge, Record of Lotus War, Roy McElroy PGA Tour, and Transformers Battlegrounds. So some pretty big games departing there, but again, you can pay uh, a slight little discount and uh, keep those games forever. So if I had to pick anything to keep, I'd probably say Firewatch because I still haven't gotten around to playing that, uh, which is a huge bummer. Now, at the beginning of this section, I mentioned there was a very strange update, and that is that Hot Wheels Unleashed Game of the Year Edition is no longer coming on December the 15th. We will see if that one makes it in time for the holiday season, but that's a big bummer because I will say... When kids open up an Xbox Series S, for instance, on Christmas morning, how cool would that be to activate that uh, free trial of Game Pass and download a Hot Wheels game? That seems like a no-brainer, and so I hope they really iron out these contractual issues. I would assume that's what it is uh, before the holiday season rolls around, but unfortunately, Hot Wheels Unleashed is on hold. But I'll tell you what's not on hold. The Xbox controller hoodies. And you think, oh, cool, a hoodie that has an Xbox controller on it. No, that's not what this is at all. This is literally a hoodie for your controller. This is a new gag gift that's up over on the Xbox gear shop right now. And it is a small miniature hoodie in both black and white uh, that will help keep your controller warm, I guess, this holiday season. Uh, But I think they run for $25 little bit expensive, uh, and it does ship worldwide. So if this is a gag gift, a stocking stuffer that you want to get somebody, it's a cool little, once again, gag gift, a funny little joke for the holidays. But they also have some Christmas sweaters that are up right now, some Game Pass-themed items too, and they are running a sale on some of the quote-unquote real merch that you might want to buy. Some hoodies, some t-shirts, that kind of thing. And I will say, the Halo and Xbox gear shops are very, very well put together. Very high-quality merch. Uh, It's not your trash that you find that a lot of these gaming companies throw out. It's some really high-quality stuff. So if you're looking for something to spice up the wardrobe a little bit, uh, maybe something to wear around the house, a comfortable gaming hoodie, uh, this could be the one for you. But for this little uh, controller hoodie, I mean, you can get a matching set. Why not? I'm just saying. Controller, you, perfect combo. But that wraps it up for this week's episode of Exhibition, an Xbox podcast. If you enjoy this show and you're new here, be sure to drop a like down below and subscribe on YouTube and podcast services around the world. And you can get the show delivered to you each and every Sunday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. But until next week, you guys have a fantastic one. I'll talk to you soon. And remember, keep on playing.